Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. If you're looking for more purpose, more passion, more joy in your life, then you have come to the right place. Let's create your dream life while living your dream life. Okay, love? Hi, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deeper dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read live on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching, or you can get it delivered straight to your inbox each week when you sign up for my email list. You can do that in the show notes, or you can head to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com. So this episode is for anyone who is afraid of failure which I think is everyone. It's for anyone who is afraid of taking risks, of trying new things because they are afraid they may fail. But before we get into this week's Mindset Monday, I want to remind you that this is the last week to sign up for Everyday Magic, my two-day manifestation intensive. It's happening on August 15th and 16th, and if you cannot make it live, that is totally okay. The replay will be sent to you along with a bunch of other goodies and worksheets to get you started on your manifestation journey. I think that for so many of us, manifestation is this thing we're curious about, but we think it's difficult, that it's for other people or that we're not really good at it. And that can't be further from the truth. Anyone can manifest love. It's just about learning the concepts and tools in a way that is understandable. And that's what we'll be doing in Everyday Magic. We'll be doing mindset work, how to overcome fear, doubt, and insecurity. If you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy this time we have together and you have insights and aha moments, if you are someone just a little bit curious about manifestation, then you will love Everyday Magic. So if you're interested, want to get more info, want to sign up, head to the show notes or head to wholehearted-coaching.com forward slash everyday magic. All right. So let's get into this week's Mindset Monday post. It reads, perhaps we fear failure so much because we're so unkind to ourselves on the other side, because we never stop punishing ourselves, because we don't know how to forgive ourselves. Failure is a necessary part of going after our dreams. I've talked about this in the podcast before, and it's something that I touch upon in all of my programs and often on my Instagram page, this idea of failure being a necessary and integral component to going after what we desire. Because if we're not failing, that means that we're not trying, right? And failure is a sign that we are doing new things, that we are trying new things. And if we're trying to create a future that is new, that is different, that means trying new and different things. And that means doing things that we have never done before, right? So going after our dreams also means failing, failing a lot, failing what I call, what I say, a buttload. I'm pretty sure that's a scientific term at this point. All right. So failure is something that we really have to reframe our relationship around, right? Because failure is just part of the process. And I think that one of the things about failure that's so tough is that it always hurts, 
<laughs> right? No matter how much you fail, there will be at least some level of hurt. Now, it's not always going to be a huge heartbreak, but it is disappointing when we fail. I remember when I was, you know, deep in my singing career, you know, I would do at least 40 to 50 auditions a year. And that was in a good year. That was a good year, 40 to 50. And of those 40 to 50 auditions, y'all, I would get like two or three jobs. Like, I don't even know if that's a 1% success rate. I don't even know 10%. I'm not, this is not a math podcast at all. But that's a really high number of, you know, quote unquote, failing, right? And I always experienced some level of disappointment. Some auditions I really wanted, the pain was higher. Some auditions weren't as painful because I really didn't have my heart set on it. But regardless, it was always a little bit painful. So we already know failure hurts. But what we're talking about today in today's post is what we do to ourselves, how we treat ourselves on the other side of failure. What exacerbates the pain of failure so much is that we're really assholes to ourselves, often on the other side of a failure. Sorry, I was going to say a nicer word than that, but like we can be so mean and critical and unkind to ourselves when we quote unquote fail. Right? Just think right now. I know that this is a truth for me, and I want to see if this is a truth for you. So many of us are still holding a grudge against a former version of ourselves, a former version of ourselves that we feel made a bad decision, a former version of ourselves that didn't do things right. Right? So we're holding this grudge against that version of ourselves. We're still punishing them. We think that if we keep holding this grudge, that if we never forgive this version of ourselves, then we'll learn that we'll never make that mistake again. Could you imagine having a relationship like that with a person in your life, your partner, your friend, a family member? That if every time you made a mistake, they would bring it back up to you, they would throw it in your face? Could you imagine that if every time you failed, they were so unkind to you? And perhaps some of us actually do have these people in our lives and we do really understand what that means. But we also rationally know that that is not okay, right? That is not okay. And so why is it okay that we do it to ourselves. So no wonder we're afraid to fail because on the other side of failure is this really unkind, self-critical version of ourselves. And so if we want to be creating these new lives, which means, you know, or new dreams, not new lives per se, but new dreams, new goals, different things, right? Which means trying things. We have to be failing. If we want to get more comfortable with failing, then we have to realize that we have to start being more kind and compassionate to ourselves. I want to talk about this um, idea in Buddhism, and I know I've brought it up in the podcast before, but it's really important to bring up right now. So in Buddhism, there is this term, this idea called the second arrow. 
So the first arrow is the arrow of the pain of failure, right? The arrow of the breakup, not getting the job, right? Forgetting to do that thing, right? So that pain of having your heart broken, not, you know, life not working out the way you wanted to, that's the first arrow. The second arrow is the arrow of judgment, shame, and guilt that we place upon ourselves when we find ourselves in that situation, right? So we exacerbate, we amplify the pain by being so judgmental of ourselves, right? Instead of tending to that first arrow, that first pain, which is so painful. And what we're really talking about in this episode is self-compassion, right? Self-compassion is how we tend to the first wound and there is no second arrow. Self-compassion is something that I work on with all of my clients and all my online programs and group programs because it is such a necessary component to getting shit done. And most people are like, what? Being kind to myself is going to get shit done? What? That makes no sense. But if we're looking at it from this lens, right? If, if being mean to ourselves makes us not want to fail, right? So that means we're going to be deterred, not want to do new things, which means that we're not trying things that will get us to where we want to go to. But if we knew that even if we fail, regardless of the outcome, we're going to be our own cheerleaders. We're going to be our own hype people on the other side. We will tend to ourselves as we need to. We will hug ourselves. We will take care of ourselves. Then we would fail more, right? Like I would fail more if I knew I was going to be this wonderful friend to myself on the other side. But the problem is we don't trust being kind to ourselves. We don't trust self-compassion, right? What we do trust is self-criticism, right? That asshole side of ourselves. Self-criticism, I think, is what is the fuel for so many of us. Our motivation is negative self-talk, right? And and we do do things, right? Self-criticism and negative self-talk, it does get you far. That's kind of like the sad thing is that it gets you far. I know certainly for me, self-criticism was what got me very far in my singing career, but it also made me miserable, exhausted, and depleted. It made me burn out on my dreams. And I started to hate my job. I started to hate singing. I started to hate the thing that once used to give me so much joy. And that was because of the way that I treated myself. I talked to myself. I was doing something I loved, but doing it in the most unloving way. But I didn't know how to love myself, right? I didn't know how to love myself through this process, this hard process of being a professional singer. And I didn't trust it either. I thought I wouldn't be motivated to change. I thought I wouldn't be motivated to still, quote unquote, hustle. I wouldn't learn. I wouldn't grow. grow. There's a really wonderful quote 
by Louise Hay that I read in those early years when I was trying to shift how I was being, right? Because we're going to talk about self-compassion and there's going to be a part of you that's going to be like, listen, this Sharin chick, I don't know. She's telling you to be kind to yourself, but this thing isn't going to work. You're not going to want to be motivated. You're not going to be on top of it if you're kind to yourself. Trust me, I get it. I was there. But this quote by Louise Hay really kind of hit me and started to shift how I thought about self-kindness and self-criticism. And it says, remember, you have been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. Damn, Louise. That quote to me was a light bulb moment, a wake-up call. So many of the things we want to do in life, we motivate ourselves with this self-critical voice, which doesn't make us resilient, which doesn't make us sustain because the big things in life also have big challenges, right? Big struggles. And if we don't know how to do that with kindness and compassion and self-love, listen, it's going to blow up in our faces. So let's first get clear on what self-compassion is. So Kristen Neff, who does a lot of work on self-compassion, and I recommend all of her books and YouTube videos and recordings, she's amazing. She says, self-compassion is a practice in which we learn to be a good friend to ourselves when we need it most, to become an inner ally rather than an inner enemy right? That sounds great. I want to be an inner ally. But here is the barrier that I think so many of us face is that we don't trust self-compassion and we don't know how to do it towards ourselves, right? So let's first talk about this whole trust piece. We have so many biases against self-compassion and kindness. I want you to take a moment and just answer this prompt with the first things that come to mind. If I am kind to myself, then. What comes up for you? Right? Won't get anything done. Won't be motivated. I'll be lazy. Be honest. What comes up for you when you think, if I'm kind to myself as I embark on my goals, what happens? Right? What will happen? You know, so many of us have a lot of negative beliefs when it comes to self-compassion, right? That it's, it's going to make us lazy, that it's a form of self-pity, that it's self-centered, that we won't be motivated to do more, right? That to, to learn, to grow, we need to be unkind to ourselves because that's how we learn, right? And I want you to know that a lot of the reason why we think this way is because of the society we've been raised in. Our families, our communities. A lot of families, they don't practice self-kindness. They don't practice maybe kindness towards each other, especially when it comes to motivation, especially when it comes to self-growth and self-development. Look at what the messaging is out there around self-kindness, right? Think of how your parents motivated you. What happened when you messed up? 
right? We really have to dig into our surroundings, our past, our upbringing to find out what are some of the negative beliefs I have around self-compassion. And the truth is that a lot of those negative beliefs, all of those negative beliefs are just BS. Research shows that self-compassionate people are actually more motivated to try new things. They're actually better able to cope with stress, that they're actually more compassionate towards others, right? They really trust themselves. Research and science show that self-compassionate people are doing the damn thing and they're doing it in a way that is enjoyable and healthy. I mean, now doesn't that sound nice? So now that we're kind of slowly digging into the beliefs around self-compassion, let's talk about how we can cultivate self-compassion. Because I think that what comes easily to us is self-compassion, sorry, compassion towards others, but maybe not compassion towards ourselves. So Kristen Neff, again, in her brilliant work, she says that there's three components to self-compassion, and that's self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. So self-kindness is the ability to extend the kindness and care we would to others towards ourselves, right? So that means if you were to be talking to a friend and they were going through a hard time reflecting on how you talk to them, you know, how you hold space for them, how you respond to them, and self-kindness asks you to do unto yourself as you would do unto others, right? Whenever I'm struggling with this idea of self-compassion, I just really think to myself, how would a friend treat me right now? And if I really can't figure that out, I say, how would I treat a friend? What would I say to a friend, do for a friend right now? So that's self-kindness. The second component is common humanity. That's the ability to recognize that we're all flawed and all works in progress, AKA we're all a hot mess. (laughs) So that means that what you are going through love is probably something that many other people have gone through. What you're feeling, maybe this particular situation, you know, self-criticism makes us feel isolated and alone and self-compassion broadens our perspective and makes us see that, okay, I am not the only dumbass in the world. This has happened to other people. Other people have gone through this. Other people have felt this way. So it's really about you connecting to others. And the third is mindfulness, which is the ability to be present with the reality of the moment, the feelings, the thoughts, the sensations, and not try to resist, avoid, or over-exaggerate which is what I call feel the feels, right? Allow yourself to feel the feels of this difficult situation. So many of us try to avoid the hard feelings, right? Try to run from, try to move past, right? And instead of processing those feelings in a healthy way, we end up dumping those feelings onto ourselves and being unkind to ourselves, right? And also to not over-exaggerate, which means to not make this part of some story, 
right? That you're such a failure, you're a terrible friend, you never do anything right, right? So mindfulness asks us to tend to yourself, be kind to yourself, and then take the next step when you are ready. So those very quickly are the three components of self-compassion, which is self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. And this is a really great start for you to dig into what maybe self-compassion looks like for you. So I would really encourage you to think, how do I talk to the people that I love when they're going through a hard time, when they make a quote unquote mistake, when they fail and fall flat on their faces? If we can learn how to be kind and compassionate to ourselves on the other side of failure, we will be more encouraged to try new things, to take risks, to be more bold. Because the truth is, love, you are going to fail as you create your dreams. Like that's just par for the course. But if you can learn to be kind to yourself on the other side, to lift yourself up, to dust yourself off, in the words of Aaliyah, and try again. And if you can do that kindly and gently, then you'll be encouraged to keep taking the next step. It's time to let go. It's time to release. It's time to forgive. That is how we create dream lives, love. So until next week, I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this week's episode, please share it with a friend, comment, and rate this podcast. Until next week, see you later, love.